Just let me know when we live, brothers. Are we live now? All praise to Yah. That's all right. That's all right. We're, we're going we're gonna to tell the hush his mouth and do his job. All praise to Yah. We give all praise to the Most High. Shabbat Shalom to all the brothers and sisters that are here today. Uh, and to all of those who might join in uh, as we are live or might watch later. Uh, shalom and peace to you. Good health to you. Uh, sound mind to you. Peaceable spirit to you. Uh, and just may you be blessed. And when we say that, we say that to whoever uh, that applies to. Uh, not to any particular group, a particular melanin, just people who want to do the right thing. DTRT, do the right thing. Do the right thing. A salute and shalom to all those laboring in the vineyard. Just because you're in a different part of the vineyard, don't mean you're in, is, is his vineyard first to start off with. It ain't your vineyard. It ain't my vineyard. Okay? So we have to take those things. Um, as they are, uh, as we always say, uh, shalom to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, as James would say in his epistle to all those who have been scattered. Greetings and salutations to you. Greetings and salutations to all those who have been joined into this uh, unique family of Yah um, uh, by the blood of Messiah um, through repentance, uh, through an outstretched hand of redemption. Uh, peace and shalom to you. Um, as Shaul would say to the Yahudim first, then to the nations. Uh, peace and shalom to you. Uh, last but never least, those uh, who are um, heartbroken, their spirit is, is just devastated. Um, those that are suffering, um, peace and shalom. And may Yah's hand bless you. Uh, to those who are in just bad situations, got people sitting in uh, uh, nursing homes, and got people in prisons, and people in ICU, and people is in broke, and people in in the street, and people is just, is all is all kind of things that we can uh, uh, ask Yah to bless and ask Yah to help outside of ourselves. Hmm. So, but that being said, um, shalom and greetings and salutations to all. Uh, once again, it's another uh, uh, blessed day, blessed Shabbat. As worship was coming to the end, the sun started to shine. The, the light of the sun started shining through. So I don't know if that don't, I don't know what that means, but we're gonna take it as it is, what it is. Okay. Uh, we are on part two, <clears throat> collision course part two. Um, we kind of scratched the surface last week, um, and we're gonna get a look. Well, we get a lot deeper today. Um, so strap your mind up, strap up, make sure you're taking good notes, and, and go back. Um, but part two, collision course, collision course part two, lies or the oracles of Yah's prophets. So all these things that we're going to talk about today, picking up from last week, all of these things, there is a collision course if you ever seen... Uh, uh, cars, you know, if if if, if you ever went on a uh, what you call it, uh, bumper cars, you go to a fair or a carnival, they got they got the bumper cars, and you get in the cars, and I'm in one car, and, and brother in the back, he in another car, and we headed straight on each other. At some point, there's gonna be a collision, okay? And the way 
uh, Yah's word has worked is that uh, there's going to be a collision. There's going to be a variety of things that Yah has spoken through his prophets or that the prophets have spoken under the inspiration of Yah and that all these things are going to come to a head. There's going to be a boom. And it's going to be one of those survival of the fittest. This ain't talking about what time you ran your mile in. How many push-ups you can do. How much weight you can put on your back and lift up and down. This is about being strong and sufficient in the spirit. Having good root, good foundation in the word. This is your survival. So, collision course part two. Lies or the oracles of Yah's prophets. Last week we ended in Goshen. We were talking about Goshen. And Goshen meant, if you remember, and if not, I got it up here for you. Drawing nigh. And Goshen is, is unique because this is where uh, Jacob and uh, the people of Israel, this is where they migrated to. Okay, and Goshen, as we would say, was like in the county, in the country, and it was a perfect land, and Yah had it almost reserved for him. Okay, and we talked about last week how there are certain times or things in in your own personal life that you went, you stayed, maybe you dwelt, maybe you laid your hair, whatever the scenario is, but Yah had preserved it for you. And there was a place that you had to go. That it had already been claimed before you got there. It was already set up for you before you got there. So we're looking at Goshen drawing nigh as a place that was reserved for whatever reason. God's inspiration, but it was already reserved and it was necessary. We look at all the things that happened to Joseph. And we just kind of jumped over, you know, the fact that it was a... <laughs> It's all right, brother Feet Swift. Uh, we, we got we have to look uh, that there was a famine, and that was because of the famine, and they had to go and it just had to be stashed somewhere. Well, well, no, the famine and Joseph, those had to happen to get the people there, specifically there in Goshen. Why? So we talked about that. We talked about the boundaries and the borders. That was a promise. In Genesis 15, okay, this which now becomes a prophecy. I will do, this will happen, okay? And as we, we remember in some of these maps here, if we had Goshen in this area, all right? And then uh, we were talking, uh, or the, the what is some to believe, the border, the river that is talking about in Genesis 15, some would say there, okay? That's where it is, and that's where a lot of scholars and those people say. And then we just had a couple questions, right? We had a couple of things because we had to remind, we had to remember that, hey, now tell bears, tell your story. Okay? People who got a reputation of lying, they, now all of a sudden, they the ones that's got the truth. But you're known as a liar, though. Okay. We're looking at the land of Goshen again, just getting a better idea. And when you look at this map, you see how close Israel or Canaan or Palestine is to um, this entrance into Egypt. See how close it is. Okay. 
all right we get a, a better look if we understand the Nile Delta when the Nile we talked about last week about it being more than one river and they all come together make this remember the longest river okay and then it, it breaks off into the Delta and it shoots off okay now this where you see Python okay here all right was places that the Israelites built so we can see that if we look in at Goshen Goshen was not on the other side of this delta so this this far out channel of, of water uh, the Israelites were not on the inside they were on the outside okay have another map of the the, the, the delta area see Goshen again they were on the outside of this Nile River Look at Egypt to get another more modern map. We just look how close it is. Look how close it is. Okay. And we have a uh, just a, just another map, just giving you some 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 uh, pictures. So when we read some of the scriptures, you can see. Okay. All right. Found this article. It's called "The River of Egypt: Nahal Mitzrayim." Okay, that's what it would be in Hebrew. And this gentleman says in the seven references or so to the river of Egypt in various books and scripture that river is described as the extreme southwestern frontier of the land of Israel so he's writing an article talking about the Wadi Al-Eresh or this is the border okay so that's in your mind so that's what he's about to talk about okay so I'll start over. In the seven references or so to the river of Egypt in various books and scripture, that river is described as the extreme southwestern frontier of the land of Israel. It follows that the river of Egypt, by its very nature, separated the territory of Israel from that of Egypt. In other words, the river, according to scripture, constituted the clear and unquestionable line of demarcation between the two lands. Nevertheless, a number of authorities have erroneously and under the impact of ill-founded prejudices. Hmm. And when we get to talking about history, and particularly our history, uh, we, we do find that there are prejudices, there are um, an ill will, there's a, you know, itch to switch, okay? Mm -hmm. Things around, all right? So this gentleman is saying that there's some prejudices, and it's erroneous to say that this watermark is the border of the Bible. He's saying it's erroneous and, and, and an ill-founded prejudice to say that this wadi is the river of Egypt in the Bible. Hmm. So ill-founded prejudice tried to identify that river with Wadi el-Arish, which we just showed you on the map, which is neither on the boundary of Egypt nor on that of the land of Israel and has none of the features of a boundary line that the voices locating the river of Egypt in Wadi El Arish should have pressed their erroneous thesis after the Sinai campaign is all the more surprising because any who saw that the Wadi because any who saw that Wadi cannot possibly identify with the biblical river of Egypt so he said that if you're looking at this, and if you're going to try to say this is the river of Egypt, and the promise and the prophecy of Genesis 15 to Abraham, this will happen, this is your territory. He said if you're trying to say that's what y'all are talking about, 
you own some ill-founded prejudices. It's erroneous. Furthermore, as a rule, error breeds error breeds more and greater error. Error breeds more and greater error. And the erroneous identification of the river of Egypt with that wadi necessarily entails the distortion of the continued course of the southern boundary, the shifting to a holy improvised location some 50 kilometers south of Beersheba of the Zen Desert, Kadesh Barnea, and Mailah Akarabim, and the virtual cutting off from the Holy Land and of the whole of the Sinai Peninsula, the Suez, the Akabagos, the Wadi Arba, in other words, the whole of the Negev, he remains south, which is much of the integral part of the Holy Land as Judea and Galilee. The geographical error does not stop at that. Such adjustment and coordination of the boundary line in the south necessitates the further distortion of the northern and eastern boundaries as well and the consequent dwindling to insignificant dimensions of the territory of the Holy Land in absolute disregard of scripture. It would be no exaggeration to say that the erroneous geographical location of the river of Egypt must inevitably lead to the absolute, and I didn't get the rest because, you know, but we kind of get where this brother's going, or this guy, I don't know, could be a sister, I don't know, you know. Um, but he's pretty much saying that this is not the line, and that it is wrong and erroneous, and either you're doing it on purpose or you got some ill founded prejudices, or there's something that you want to keep hid or secret. Now, I think in this article, he was going on to say that if you mess this up, you mess up other stuff. Mm. Isaiah 27 and 12. I got it up here for you. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will beat off his fruit. Okay. So he's, we're talking about the Israelites. Okay. Right. And if you get in like in chapters like I, books of Isaiah and Jeremiah, you know, you find out that the children of Israel are scattered. A lot of them have took off. They gone. They've taken off running, or they got the plans of running. They're going to run into Africa, run into these other places. It shall come to pass in the day that the Lord will beat off his fruit from the. Now, I have uh, this is from my Hebrew English. I copy and paste, and then in parentheses, I have what will be said in the. Um, King James. So what I have in parentheses, you might have something different in your text. Okay, um, it will beat off his fruit from the flood or channel of the river unto the brook or stream of Egypt, and you shall be gathered one by one of your children of Israel. So we're getting a description of somewhere that has to do with a channel or a the flooding of the river. And then a brook or a stream of Egypt. So we have two specific places that have to do with Egypt or the territory of Egypt and water. And specifically, you know, uh, being described. So I have the flood channel of the, I have that highlighted for you in yellow. Okay. That is, uh, it, it's uh, um, Mish, Mishbelet. 
Mishbalet. So from, or it would just be ship, ship, shibbolet, or shibol. I think would be shibol is flood or really channel. Okay, channel of the river, right? So ha nahar. Okay, ha nahar in blue. So river is blue there. Okay, channel. So we have the the channel or this form of water is not the same as the river. Okay, unto the brook in green stream of Egypt. So in green in Hebrew, we see the word Nahal. Nahal. Now, pretty close to Nahar. Mm -hmm. Pretty close to river. So a brook or stream, Nahal, is not the same as a river, Nahar. See why it's important we got to go through our Hebrew? So that then I can go into the text, I look for myself. I just look for myself. So now let's try to put on the map. I'm sorry. So before we do that, which I already explained it to you, my bad. Anyway, so Shebol, uh, and it shall come to pass, and I did that the Lord shall beat off from the channel Shebol of the river Nahar. So the river and the channel is not the same. Okay? Unto the stream, and the stream is defined as Nahal. So you have three different Hebrew words describing water. Shibol, channel, Nahar, river, okay? And then Nahal, stream or brook of what? Egypt. So we know where the, the geography that we're talking about, okay? So we've got three different kinds of water. Channel, river, stream, or channel, river, brook. We'll look at this again. Remember we talked about uh, last week. And in that day, Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying unto thy seed, have I given this land from the river of Egypt. So I have that in yellow. Mm -hmm. And then on the uh, Hebrew, I got it in bold for you, Menhar of Egypt. Okay, so we'll go back. Okay, just to make sure. River mm -hmm. Nahar. Mm -hmm. Of what? Mitzrayim. Mm -hmm. Unto the great river, the river of Euphrates. We have the Ad Ha Nahar Hagadol, okay? Hagadol, right? Great Nahar River. It didn't say stream, didn't say channel. Specifically talking about a river. They could use another Hebrew word, okay? So on this map, we have Goshen here, and when it said flood or channel. These are the channels mm -hmm. where the river now breaks off into separate pieces. That's what Yah was saying. And then he said, I'm going to beat off my fruit to the brook or stream of Egypt. Right there in that corner it says Wadi of Egypt. So he said, between these two pieces of water, I'm going to bust their head. I'm going to bust their head. But I thought that they said that that was the river, the, the river that they was talking about in the Bible. But we looked at it in Isaiah 27. And he didn't say Nahar. He said Nahal. Then he got specific. When I'm talking about the Delta area, Shibol. I got, he got real specific. Hang on just a second. He got real specific. I ain't talking about the river. And I'm talking about these channels, Shibol. 
I'm going to beat y'all from this Shabbat because the Israelites were never on this side. Mm -hmm. They was on that side. That's what God had our reserve for them. But he told Abraham that from the river of Egypt, the river, the great river of Euphrates. But the scholars will tell you that there's your border. That's where it stopped. That's river the Bible. That's river great God talking about. But when you look in Isaiah 27, no, that ain't what he's talking about. We can go into Hebrew and look at it, highlight it, and then raise our hand. So I got a question. Amen. I got a question. Now Genesis 15, we talked about it as well, prophecy. This is part of a prophecy that he told Abraham. Prophecy. And Joshua smote them, Joshua 10. He smote them from Kadesh, Bar Barnea, even to Gaza, and all the country of Goshen. That's interesting. What Goshen are they talking about? That Goshen? Hmm? Is it possible that they went to the land of Canaan and named something Goshen? It could be. But when you look it up, it says Goshen is of Egyptian origin. But the books say that Yehoshua, they took Gaza, all the country of Goshen, even into Gibeah. Joshua 10. So you expect to find Goshen only in what? Egypt or Africa. Another example, Joshua 11, 16. So Yehoshua took all that land, the hills, and all that south country, south country, south country, and all the land of Goshen. And the valley and the plain and the mountain of Israel and the valley of the same. Just turn to Joshua 15. Now it's possible they could have went over there and named some Goshen. It's possible. We ain't gonna we ain't gonna rule that out. But once again, we're dealing with people that got a reputation. They got itch to switch. Hmm? They got itch to switch something. Joshua 15 and 21. And the uttermost cities of the tribe of the children of Judah toward the coast of Edom southward were Kabzil, Eder, Jaguar, Kena, Demona, Adea, Kadesh, Harzor, Ethna, Ziph. We're going to skip some of these cities, okay? I'm going to scroll down. Keep scrolling. Okay, 46. From Ekron even unto the sea, all that lay near Ashdod. Okay, who would have dwelt in Ashdod? Does that sound familiar? What, what group of people? Ashdod, who was a rival to the Israelites, once they kind of got their kingdom. Well, once they got the kingdom established, starting with Saul. Philistines, Ashdod. So the Philistines. Okay. So when it talked about Gaza, that Joshua smote the the territory of Gaza. Who would have been in the Gaza? Philistines. Okay. So we're getting a picture. So from Ekron even into the sea, all that lay near Ashdod with their villages. Ashdod, her towns, her villages, Gaza, and her towns and her villages unto the river of Egypt, river of Egypt, river of Egypt, river of Egypt, and the great sea and the border thereof. We'll scroll down. Verse 51, and Goshen, and Goshen, and Goshen, and Goshen, and Holon, and Gilo, 11 cities with their villages. Just something to consider. And even if they did lie about the border, we know when Yahshua come back, it's going to be right exactly where it's supposed to be. That's for a fact. He's into details now. That's for a fact. 
the way of the Philistines. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that it was near, for God said, let's peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. Like that way? You look on the map here, you see title at the top here, the way of the Philistines. Here's Goshen. They didn't go this way, right? They went that way, right? They went this way. So the way of the land of the Philistines. Interesting. These are territories that Yehoshua had taken. Okay. So Genesis 15, the 400-year clock we talked about. Right? Something's wrong with the time. Got my boy Damian Lillard telling me, you know what time it is. And he's like, man, there's something wrong with that clock, though, from what they're teaching me, as opposed to what y'all said. And the borders of inheritance. Mm, oh, no. Smells fishy to me. Something ain't right. I don't know. And he said to Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. They shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. Genesis 15 and 13. 400 years is what it says. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before God of Christ and the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it shouldn't make the promise of none effect. Okay? Galatians 3 and 17. And it's the joining of the children of Israel when they sojourn the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan. And I have the green highlight there and the green brackets. That's probably not in your text. That's not in your text. This is out of the Septuagint. In the land of Canaan, 430 years is what Shaul said. And it came to pass after the 430 years that all the forces of the Lord came forth out of the land of Egypt by night. Exodus 12, 41 Septuagint. Okay? Does 400 equal 430? So what we've been taught, something's not right. So that means... Someone's going to have to fix it. That means it hasn't happened yet. What if I told you? Some people ignore the truth because living a lie is more comfortable. Mm. My best Morpheus voice I could do, Lawrence Fishburne. Bro, smooth and, uh, uh, that movie growing. Boy, boys in the hood, too smooth now. Boy, was schooling now. It was schooling. What was the name of that movie? Uh, Furious. Furious Styles. Suspect, something's just not quite right. Something's not nothing. Something's just not right. According to the Apostle Paul, the promise to Abraham is so important that the marriage at Mount Sinai had no bearing on it. Mm-hmm. According to Apostle Paul, the promise to Abraham is so important that the marriage at Mount Sinai had no bearing on it. The love, integrity, honor, and reputation of Yah will not fail Abraham. 400 years of servitude, his judgment and redemption. That's what he said. Do you remember? Right? Do you remember? Number one, he told Abraham there'd be a 400 years of servitude. That's what he said. He didn't say 401, he didn't say 399, he didn't say 401 and some changes. He said 400. 400. Number two, the nation will be judged. That's what he said. It's real smooth and easy to blame put on Egypt. Yeah, them Egyptians, man, they got it good. Easy blaming him, but, but you know what? Like uh, Johnny Crockett said, hey, if the glove don't fit, you must have quit. 
400 don't equal 430 now. 400 does not equal 430. Redemption and great substance. That's also what he told them in those series of verses. Genesis 15 and 13. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety. Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. We have the Hebrew highlighted for you. Yadoa. You see that? In the highlighted in the bottom. Yadoa. And now look at surety. And your surety is what? Teda. Teda. Now I wonder if Yah. Doa and Teda are the same. Just look at them when they're not in there. Mm-hmm. So once again, when you start getting this Hebrew down, you can pull stuff out. You can say, you know, you lying to me now. You ain't being straight with me. You ain't being honest now. You use car sales. You sell me something I don't need to buy. So, no is yada. You won't believe this, but surety is also yada. No, no. So, how, so we know as we study that when we see words like that back to back, please pay attention. Yeah. It's free. You ain't got to pay nothing but your mind. Mm. Pay attention. So, yada means to know, to know, to know, to learn, to perceive. Number, it's letter C. To perceive and see. So once you perceive and see, you find out mm-hmm. and you discern. So some things you will not know until you know. Till you see. Yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> some things you will not know until you see. Yeah. So this prophecy that he said, hey, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger. For 400 years. So when you see this people, whoever this people is that fits this description, you should not just know, but you will see. And then when you see, you can discern. Mm-hmm. I didn't make it up. I'm just telling you, this, this is the outline. Okay, it's a blue letter Bible. Simple thought it's hard to know if you don't see. Some things we're supposed to walk blind, right? Have a, 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 a because of faith, but some things, y'all that know, you gonna see, mm-hmm. and when you see, you will know, mm-hmm. y'all did this. Mm-hmm. Some things you will see, and you will know, y'all did it. And he put a, he put a time mark on there, four hundred. Example time. <laughs> Boy, home, what a home. Genesis 3 and Genesis 3, 5 and 3, 7. For God doth know ye die. Then the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God, knowing ye die, good and evil. So you won't know good and evil until your eyes are what? So then when you see, you can perceive and you can discern. So one thing about this seed, particular seed of Abraham, you won't know until you see the 400. This what he told him. You won't know until you see. So look at this again. Understand what Yadah means. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof that your eyes shall be opened. 
So were they blind before? No. But once they ate, their perception changed. And they saw differently. Their eyes shall be open, and you shall see as Elohim, knowing good and evil. So when their eyes were open, they were able to tell the difference between good and evil. Verse 3 and 7. And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew, Yada that they were naked. He looked at her with his eyes and knew she was naked. She looked at him with her eyes, and she like, you're naked. So knowing of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger, you'll know it when you see it. And I put a sign on there, 400. Not 401, not 399 and some change, 400. So if it's true, and I think this current POTUS has, has put a marker from 1619 to 2019, that's just one avenue of this collision course. See, I'd be a fool to sit up here and try to make it be like that's the only one. I should be ashamed of myself if I did that. Now, some folks will take it as that, but that ain't what it is. We just want to pull that avenue out before we get to these other avenues. Because in our reality, the other avenues... Big old lanes. I used to go to school in California. I used to love when we go down the bay, cross the Golden Gate Bridge. Thing big. You really, really, it's huge. Big lanes. That's a bigger road. There's some, some other roads. But everything going to collide at a certain point. The words of the Genesis 15 are prophecy. Okay. <clears throat> so when we look at the boundaries, the time clock, what we have been taught, or what we just generally know, is not accurate. I'm not saying it's my uh, Jeremiah. Hand me that water right there. I'm not saying that someone's being evil, or maybe they are being evil. I don't. I don't. I don't know their heart. Thank you, buddy. I, I don't know people's heart. All we did was look at the Hebrew, connect some dots, and say, why would the author use this word here and not here? Why would he do it? Can't worry about what the English say. So there is a, something about the prophecy within Genesis 15 that does not match what man say. Mm -hmm. That's why this topic we're talking about lies or the or, or Genesis. Uh, give me Romans three right quick. Start at three and one. Um, somebody give me give me John six and uh, forty four. Can you give me Hosea six starting in one? Uh, Joshua, you give me Isaiah two and one through three. I ain't got nothing left. I'll tell you, you give me Jeremiah 31 and 34. Go ahead, brother. Read. What then is the advantage of the Yehudi? Uh-huh. Or what is the value of circumcision? Uh -huh. circumcision? Much in every way. Much in every way. Because firstly, indeed, that they were entrusted with the words of Elohim. They were entrusted with what? The words of Elohim. Mm, that's important, ain't it? Go ahead. For what if some did not believe? <clears throat> Shall their unbelief nullify the trustworthiness of Elohim? Mm -hmm. Let it not be. But let Elohim be true and every man a liar. Let Elohim be true and what? Every man a liar. So if something that Yah has said, does and, and men say something, and it ain't on the same page, what we learned today, if it's not uh, Yahad in agreement, then you know what? Don't go down that street. 
Don't you take your mind and your heart and you attach that to your way of life. If it don't fit, you got to get up out of there. Amen. So what, read that three and two again, brother. Much in every Much way. in every way. Because firstly, indeed, that they were entrusted with the words of Elohim. So the words of Elohim very important. And, it, and, 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 and compared to the lies of man, get up out of there. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. John 6 and 44. Uh-huh. John 6 and 44. No one can come to me. No one. No one. Unless the Father who sent me uh -huh. draws him. Uh-huh. And I will raise him up at the last day. Uh-huh. Going, going to 45 now. 45 says, it is written. It is written. Prophet. In the who? Prophet. In the prophet. Didn't his brother back here just say that much in every way that the words of Elohim was very important? Go ahead, finish. Mm -hmm. And they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. So he called him, he called him, he called him the prophets. Who got uh Isaiah? Isaiah. Go ahead. Which one? No. Isaiah 6, yeah, go ahead. Let me get. Let me go. Let me get, go ahead. Let me get that. Isaiah what? Uh, Isaiah two one through three. You go ahead. Let me get that. Uh, uh, Hosea six one. Hosea six one. Come and let us return to the Lord, for He has torn and He will heal us. That's right. He has smitten us. Mm -hmm. He has smitten. Mm -hmm. And He will bind us up. Mm -hmm. Go ahead to verse two. After two days, mm -hmm. will He revive us. In the third day, He will raise us up. In the third day. Third day, and we shall live in His. In the third day, he will do what? Right, right, rise us up. And didn't she just read John 6 and 44 and 45? Uh -huh. That that was written in the Prophet. prophets. Yeah. And then didn't he just read it in Romans? See how we can go back for the New Testament, Old Testament? And then he just read in Romans once again. Now read that six, uh, that three and two one more time. Much in every way. Much in every way. Because firstly, indeed, uh -huh. they were entrusted with the words of Elohim. Go ahead and read the next verse. For if some did not believe, uh -huh. shall their unbelief nullify the trustworthiness of Elohim. Uh -huh. One more verse. Let it not be. Let it not be. Because, but let Elohim be true. Let Elohim be true. And every man a liar. And every man a liar. Go ahead. Go ahead, give me Isaiah. Uh, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, Amos, mm -hmm. Amos saw, considering Judah and Jerusalem, now mm -hmm. it shall come to pass in the later days. That the mountain of the Lord house shall mm -hmm. be established on the top of the mountain mm -hmm. and shall be exalted mm -hmm. above the hills and all nations shall follow it to it. All who? All, all nations. nations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Many people shall come and say, come. And let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Say so many people shall say, Come and let us go. And this is written in the latter times. But it's written in the prophets. Yeah. <laughs> he just brother Aaron just read Romans three. She just read what Yahshua said in John six forty four and forty five. Go ahead, keep on reading. To the house of the God of Jacob, he will teach us his ways. He will do what? Teach us his ways. Mm. She just read Hosea 6. Mm -hmm. Is that now in the prophets? That he will lift us up on the... On the third day? So that means what's important about the third day? Time! Mm -hmm. And we shall live where? In his sight. So just because man say something, mm -hmm. and it's a lie, mm -hmm. ain't got nothing on the words of Elohim. Mm -hmm. 
So when the clock strike a certain time, it's time. So when that three days is up, that three days is up. When that four hundred is up, that four hundred is up. Time. Don't matter what man say. Jeremiah 31, 34. Go ahead. No longer will they teach their neighbor. No longer. Or say to mm. one another, Know the Lord. Know the who? They will all know me. For they will all know him. For the least of uh -huh. them to the greatest declares the Lord. That's written in the prophets. Mm -hmm. So much chiefly in every way. Was what read in Romans 3. So we need the prophets. Mm -hmm. There were things that were spoken. But in the time that we live in. There's lies of men. Mm -hmm. So that we ran through. We ran through some quite a few verses. That's good. Thank y'all. Mm -hmm. That's where the rubber meet the road. Mm -hmm. Not everything we've been taught. Is accurate with the prophets. The matter if it's Genesis 15 or this or this or don't, not everything. Something, not everything. What does that diagram about the feelings and the emotions and the thoughts? Mm -hmm. There's too much stuff been put in people's head mm -hmm. for them to tell the truth mm -hmm. and to set people free. free. Come on, please, man, please. Mm -hmm. The Lord said unto me, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. The prophets prophesy lies in my name. In my name. In my, they prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spoke unto them. They prophesied unto you a false vision mm -hmm. and divination, a thing of naught and deceit in their heart. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 14 and 14. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers. Amen. People who hold in the book mm -hmm. among you, mm -hmm. who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. Mm -hmm. So there was going on then, what you expect today? Even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. That's in your New Testament. They had that going on then. What you think about today? And Yahshua went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Yahshua said unto them, See not all these things. Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? So the sign of his coming and the end of the world are hooked together. The sign of his coming and the end of the world are hooked together. So that means false prophets, false teachers running rampant. It was going on in their time. Now they have the understanding this is about to go down soon. He's about to bring the kingdom soon. But we fast forward 2,000 plus years. Here we are today. Mm -hmm. So we got answers in the book. The sign of thy coming and end of the, of the world. We don't go through the whole chapter. Just put that, you put that in your, in your own notes and go read the whole chapter. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. Why? And or because iniquity mm -hmm. shall abound. And the love of many shall wax cold. So one reason why there will be false prophets, there will be false teachers, there will be divinations, there will be manifestations of all these things in the end because iniquity is at an all-time high. It's at a point that equates to opening the door to something else. And the love of many shall wax cold. 
So that means if I don't love, if there's not love within me, then how can I have any correlation or acceptance of the word? And in the word, you find what the prophets said. And what the prophet said leads you and we're waiting or have certain expectations. We see the collision course now. What did he say? He said, the sign of thy coming and the end of thy world. There's going to be all kind of stuff going around. Damnable heresies. False teachers, false prophets, love, what's the opposite of love? Hate. Iniquity abounds. We're seeing this. Remember that 400 year time clock begins the judgment of that particular nation. Right? A lot of stuff will be going on all at one time. Matthew 24, 21 through 25. For then shall be great tribulation, such as were not since the beginning. Such as were not since the beginning. So it's going to be so crazy that the earth has never experienced anything like this of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. So this unique time period has never been like this before, and it won't be like that in the future. Well, it makes sense because iniquity has abounded and love is wax cold. There's false prophets, false teachers, false, all, all kind of stuff going on. And there's another clock. There's multiple clocks. Going. Once again, time within the time now. Only y'all can do that. can have multiple things on a multiple clocks within one big clock. And they all be on time. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Hallelujah. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, for there shall arise false Christ, or false what? Anointed ones. False anointed ones. And false prophets. And shall show great signs and wonders. And since there's no love in the earth, and an iniquity is abounded, that's easier to believe. You know, most Christians, most believers, like Christians, Sabbatarians, uh, Israelites, Messianics, what am I leaving out? Uh, Advent. <laughs> well, yeah, just all, just the whole. They like to follow the crowd. And the majority of the crowd is going to be following the great signs and wonders. How do we know that? Because he said it. <laughs> and so much that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you. Big old collision course now. All kind of stuff going on. 24 and 36, same chapter. But of that day and hour, nor of no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, days of Noah, days of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Mm. So remember, the signs of thy coming and the end of the world. And there's a passage in I think first or second Ezra's where it talks about uh, uh, Esau's world coming to an end and then Jacob's starting over. Right? Because even though Esau did not get that blessing, he still got blessed. Right? He's, he's, he still got blessed. Right? So the days of Noah were so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days that they were eating before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving unto marriage, the day that Noah entered to the ark and knew not to the flood came and took them all away, he says, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man be. 
That's what he said. Okay? So we have to understand the days of Noah. We talked about this during the feast. <clears throat> Once again, collision course. A lot of stuff will be going on. It'll be easy to get, you know. So I have highlighted here in Matthew 24 and 38, from the days before the flood, they were eating. Now, eating is trogo in Greek, and it's only six times in your scriptures. Now, we have Matthew 24 and 49 on the other side. Eating is estio. That's 66 times in your, in your New Testament. So one word of eating is only used six times. And the other word for eating is used 66 times. So the one to your far, if you're facing it, your far right means to eat, consume, eat a meal. An example, why do your disciples not wash before eating? Right? We ate, we ate earlier. <coughs> Estio. But in Matthew 24 and 38... He said they were eating and drinking, marrying. That eating is only used six times, and it's gnaw, crunch. The uh, true, true raw veggies or fruit. True raw of animals or animals. How animals would chew and gnaw on each other. Okay, got an example down here. Only used six times now, in John six fifty four. John 6.56, John 6.57, John 6.58. He's speaking of eating of his flesh. So Troy was on you six times. Six. In John chapter 6, the four times they are used, he was talking about eating of his flesh. Remember, the crowd took this as cannibalism. Because what happened at the end of John 6? They all left. They all left. A lot of them. I don't care what you're doing. That's a hard teaching. I don't care what, how, how much folks you done fed. I don't care what you done done. I don't care what you're saying. I'm out. I got to eat you. I got to I gotta trogo you. I got to gnaw and crunch. But this in Matthew 24 is used to describe the days of Noah. Mm -hmm. He said, what is the sign of thy coming and the sign of the end of the world? He said, like the days of Noah. So then he tells us in Matthew in the days of Noah, they were troll going. They were gnawing and crunching. And he used that same word to describe, you got to eat my flesh. And they took that as cannibalism. So he started connecting the dots. In the days of Noah, what were they doing? There was cannibalism going on. There was cannibalism going on. So in other words, cannibalism got to be going on in this time. Just looking what the books say. Dun, 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 dun. Gotta go extra biblical sources. I know, my boy Goofy. I grew up on Goofy now. Grew up on Goofy. And Goofy, what, you don't drop that milk now. I'm starving somebody at the table. Brother, give me Enoch 7, please, 12 through 15. Stature was 300 cubits. Mm -hmm. These devoured. Start, I'm sorry, I started like, is that 12 or 11? Oh, I'm sorry, did you say, you said 7 12, right? Yeah, that's 7 12. Yeah, so go ahead, start, go, go up, go up a verse. And the women conceiving brought forth that giants. Mm -hmm. 
and they bore to them three races first. Mm -hmm. The great giants, mm -hmm. the giants brought forth the Nephilim, mm -hmm. and the Nephilim brought forth the Eliud. Mm -hmm. And they existed increasing in power according to their greatness. So they increased in power. This, this offspring in the days of Noah increased in power. Go ahead. Whose stature was each 300 cubits. Mm -hmm. These devoured all the labor of men. They devoured what? All the labor of men. So now you got to feed me. You got to feed me. And they devoured all the what? Labor of men. Go ahead. Until it became impossible to feed them. When they turned themselves against men. They turned themselves against who? Men. So they couldn't feed them no more. Man, look, well, I ain't got enough sheep and cows, bro. I ain't got enough. And they turned on who? Men. Go ahead, keep reading. In order to devour them. And began to injure birds, beasts, reptiles, and fish. To eat one another's flesh. And to drink their blood. And to drink their what? Blood. Didn't Yahshua say that in the days of Noah they were eating and drinking? They were eating and drinking, eating and drinking, eating and drinking. Wow. In your Torah, don't it tell you not to drink the because it's life? Okay. We starting to see the picture now? So whenever the end and the return of Mashiach, okay, let me let me let me let me back. It was so bad. Yah had to intervene. He had to intervene. It's going to be so bad that the Son of Man, he got to do what his daddy did. Mm. I got to intervene. I'm going to put a stop to it this time, though. Now, you other humanoids out there, you go the way you want to, all the false teachings, all the false prophets, all the divinations, they serving something else. You go there you want to. You be on that side of the street you want to, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you off now. So, verse 15, I'm sorry, go ahead, brother. Yes, sir. Then the earth reproved the unrighteous. Then the earth reproved the unrighteous. Mm. You know, there's something how Yah, he make a, a covenant. He say, hey, heaven and earth is my witness. Yes, sir. When folks be dying innocently and they blood cry out from the ground. So, apparently, you know, let some folks say it ain't no such thing as big people and giants and Enoch and all that stuff and we ain't trying to sit here and, and, and promote it. Every time we use Enoch we always put extra biblical source because it's not in our canon. It, just, it is what it is. So, I, And I'm not trying to be an advocate for it but the disciples, apostles and the people in the Qumran believed it. They read it. They quote from it. But I need to be paying attention. There was the, this was one. I, I, I couldn't help it. Uh, I put it up. I mean, that's not in my pocket. Now, there are, as we, today, you will not find this on the news. Jeremiah, get this to you, Mom. Um, that there are, are archaeologists finding things all over. We, we have pins and mounds here pretty close. It might be a good idea for us all to go to pins and mounds. But these different mounds and different sites, they are finding things, not just in, in America, but all over the world. And you know what? They're, they're finding big people. And they're finding like all these little heads around them. But you don't believe what the, the book told you in the days know what was going on. They were eating 
and drinking. And Enoch said the giants were eating people and drinking their blood. I ain't buying nothing. Sixteen fifty-four, showing up in Gunjiwan, uh, Pequot, Connecticut, and talking about a stone chamber, a mysterious stone chamber that's there, and uh, so it's verifying that case, which is only natural. Native Americans been around in the Northeast for about sure. twelve thousand years. Uh, I don't know about the year park or whatever. But I ran into an account of an eight-foot skeleton with double rows of teeth in George Sheldon's eighteen ninety-five history. Eight-foot <laughs> skeleton, head as big as a peck basket with double rows of teeth. And I knew that Sheldon was very um, well respected. He was a mass state senator. He founded the uh, museum and library in Deerfield. So I went and I talked to um, one of the, the curators there. And I said, did you know that Sheldon talked about this giant with double rows of teeth that was unearthed by Henry Mather, analyzed by Stephen Williams, Dr. Stephen Williams, who taught anatomy at Berkshire College. So I went in and I was given his archeological scrapbook mm. on the table. And I like to say it was my Da Vinci Code moment. I really got this whole electrical search, and I'm a pretty dense dude. And I knew what was in there. I opened it up, and he had multiple accounts of giant skeletons being unearthed with double rows of teeth. Wow. You will not find that on Fox or CNN. So on the mounds and different places, the Native Americans in their oral traditions, they fought the giants. Some of them said they were fighting them and, and made them go into caves. But you know, just some old wild, savage people. Here's another guy that does archaeology. Let's see what he got to say. Amazing quote that I used in the beginning of the book from Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Y'all know who Abraham Lincoln is, don't you? Mm -hmm. Make a speech in Niagara Falls in 1848. And he said, The eyes of that extinct species of giant, uh -oh. whose bones fill the mounds of America, gaze on Niagara as ours do now. Hear that? So it shows you just how widespread the knowledge of the giants was in yes. the 19th century. Now, the interesting thing about that is he gave that speech unknowingly uh, at the site of, of a giant city uh, that was up in uh, that area where they found numerous seven-foot giants. Then a little south of there in Cayuga Township was what was called the Cemetery of Giants, where they found 200 giant skeletons seven nine feet tall. A little farther down the state, they found 150 seven-nine-footers. Yes. Pennsylvania, um, Moore, and all the way out to Catalina Island. And Catalina Island uh, is in the 1920s this happened. International News front page Sunday supplement feature articles. 3,781 skeletons dug up by the Catalina Museum, Dr. Ralph Glidden, head of the digs, seven to nine feet tall, uh, nine foot two king, and a megalithic era stepdonage temple. Yes. And within 10 years, not only uh, was, was all, all of those exhibits shut down, but all uh, references to the stuff were scrubbed totally. Yeah. Itch to switch. I, mean, I just find 
I just find it such an amazing conspiracy. And then they called him a crackpot. Yeah, a crackpot. He was the curator of the museum, and he headed the Hay Foundation, which was officially part of the Smithsonian. Smithsonian. In, in the book, I, I show that the Smithsonian has 536 negatives from those dates, and uh, we're trying right now to get the Smithsonian to come forward and show show that those images. They won't do it. Very interesting. So, wow. That should blow your head off. Mm -hmm. And they were just talking about in America. Mm -hmm. All over the world. But it's like right now. Like right now, the time that it's coming out. And it's like just... <sighs> like they can't keep it quiet. You hear what he said? He said, that man, they've been hushing stuff up and closing stuff and locking stuff. But somebody... Somebody don't want that, they want that to be known. And if that's known, then that means this book is A1 now. The book is A1. Well, for everything's written four times, written for you, it's the comfort and the patience of the scriptures that you might have. So the coming great deception, the coming great deception, right? Right, divinations and magic. Right, got the man about to do the old bunny in a hat. Remember that old saying, "You trying to pull the wool over my eyes." Yep, wool well over you. I don't, I don't know how that shit. She, she's head down. <laughs> I'm just staying close to your hoof, man. I'm staying close to where your hoof, your hoof go, my hoof go. And that's right. You know what that be? Mm. Wolf and sheep clothing. I thought you was a, a sheep. You look like a sheep, you smell like a sheep, and now I'm out here by myself with you in this dark. What a shepherd at. Now you know you out that gate of protection, bro. Second Thessalonians, let's turn there quickly. We'll be in the second chapter. Second Thessalonians 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord, Yahshua, Hamashek, by, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye should not be soon shaken in mind or troubled neither by spirit. See, stuff like that, real stuff, true stuff like that, that'll have you troubled in your mind mm -hmm. and in your spirit. I mean, you mean to tell me that you have found nine foot, ten foot bodies of people with two rows of teeth. Why you need two rows of teeth? Now my little teeth right here, they sharp right here. Now my wife, she says it's sexy, but I know they sharp like that so I can eat deer meat. <laughs> hmm? To eat deer meat. But <laughs> two rows of teeth. And y'all sure said days of Noah when they were eating and drinking. Remember they eating on you six times. To neither be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us that at the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there be a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed the son of position. The son of perdition, sorry. The falling away. You know, so now 
we have to look at well, what is the great falling away? Is it just a certain sect or a certain religious thing or a certain group of people that say, I don't want to walk this way no more? Is it deeper than that? Way more deeper than that. It's not just, you know, uh, people who got the truth and don't want to be in the truth no more. It's not the great falling away. Verse 4, who oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now ye know that withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time, at his time. So everything's based on a time, whether it's 400, whether it's three days, whether it's the revealing of ancient artifacts, or, or even I tried to hide some 150 years ago, but now it's out in the open, and I can't stop people from looking at these videos and clicking on these I can't stop it it's out there now mm-hmm. so things will be over this time for the mystery of iniquity the mystery of iniquity doth already work only who, who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way and then shall the wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy them with the brightness of his coming even him whose coming at is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. What kind of wonders? Lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. I think it was taught this morning about the, was it the uh, reason? Reason and conscience. Mm-hmm. So that you can have good judgment. We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you of to salvation, through sanctification, through what? Of the spirit and belief of the truth. Well, I heard that the word was truth. Amen. And then I heard that the word, right, the prophets. Mm-hmm. Mm. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord, Yahshua Mashiach. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions that we have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Okay? Now our Lord, Yahshua, I'm shake himself, even to God, even our Father, which hath loved us, hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. The exhortation that the brethren need, that we need. Especially when you find you've been lied to. Mm. And that the, the things that the Bible talk about that is recorded for us to learn and to be prepared with, there's big gaps and lies. You just got to fill them in. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 5. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. The hidden things of dishonesty. Got to renounce those things. The lying, the covering up, the deception, not walking in craftiness. Big one here. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully. You know, as in, here's the border that is talking about in Genesis 15. When that probably is not even it. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But being honest and truthful with the word. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience. In the sight of Elohim. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded 
the minds of them which believe not least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of Elohim, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ, Yahshua, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Yahshua's sake. Get your popcorn ready. Decades, only crackpots and crazy people believed in UFOs. That's what I thought anyway. And then in recent years, it turns out that governments have been taking them seriously all along. Very seriously. Nick Pope is a journalist who has spent years researching UFOs for the British government. He says that UFOs aren't just real. They also frequently come close to crashing into commercial Can't airport. put that on me. Among other things, Nick Pope joins us tonight. Nick, thank you very much for coming on. Um, so it's really not a question of do governments believe USOs, UFOs are real? Yes, they do. The United States government does. The British government does. Mm. The question is, do they have any idea what they are, where they're from? Mm. No, we don't. We keep an open mind on it. We don't rule anything uh, off, you know, take nothing off the table with this. Our point really is that whatever these things turn out to be, there is a serious defense, national security, and air safety issue here. Yes. Well, so that's and, kind of the nub of it, and that is the, that, that's where my interest comes from. So why aren't governments encouraging the population to, as they say about terrorism, if you see something, say something. Report sightings to the government so we can make sense of this potential threat. Well, they should be, and that's what we certainly did at the Ministry of Defense for many years. We took it very seriously. Our own pilots were seeing these things. We were having radar operators track them. And we knew, again, through intelligence and through open source material, we knew that the Russians and the Chinese and others were working on this too. The problem was that just the pop culture baggage from the term UFO, flying saucer, little green men, people don't take it seriously, but they should. <clears throat> so we've ruled out, I think, that these are aircraft, experimental aircraft, or technically advanced aircraft from other countries. Is that true? Well, no, we keep an open mind, as I say, and, and some of these things probably are uh, Russian or Chinese, whoever it is, but th that's the point. We must find out if there's something in our airspace we need to know. Uh, for years, governments said they didn't do this. They did. I did it for the British government. I can only talk about this now because my old employers are gradually declassifying and releasing information about mm -hmm. my old job. I know, of course, the Pentagon had a program too. I think it will take congressional hearings to get to the bottom of all this, not just in, in uh, the United States, but all around the world. And I, I'd like to see those congressional hearings. Uh, commercial pilots have very often reported sighting objects in the air that seem to defy the laws of physics. To what extent are these objects a threat to commercial aviation, potentially? Well, certainly the British Ministry of Defense and our Civil Aviation Authority, which is the UK equivalent of your FAA, have dozens Investigating of UFOs and psychic powers. Some of which where pilots have had to take evasive action. And again, it comes back to the point, I don't care in one sense what these things are. 
But when there is this flight safety concern, when we have these near misses, we right. sure as heck should be doing more to find out. <laughs> That's for sure. Nick Pope, really one of the most credible experts on this subject. I hope you will come back on our show. I appreciate it. Good to see you. See how he ended it? He said one of the most credible experts on this topic. Oh, really now? Why? So why now? What era are we headed into to where they feel okay talking about that on Fox News? Where are you headed? Now, we just read the book now where it said about Satan and lying wonders and powers. Where they come from? We don't know. We're going to try to figure that out. I want to talk about it because some of these things are just now declassified. So what else do you know that you can't say? Say why it's a collision course? You say why it's a collision course? That's like John Tucker's life. It's like now. It's like right now. Second Thessalonians 2 and 9. We already read the whole chapter. But even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and all signs and lying wonders. And I think y'all heard them in the interview that this is going on globally. Globally. Well, let me get Enoch 10. Now, can somebody give me Jude 6? And whoever gives me Jude 6, go ahead and give me Jude 14 and through 15. Brother, give me Enoch 10, 6 through 9. Again, Yahuwah said to Redford, Bind Azizel hand and foot, mm -hmm. cast him into darkness, mm -hmm. and open the desert, which is in Judea. Cast him in there. Throw upon him hurled and pointed stones, covered with Covered him with darkness. Covered him with what? Darkness. Mm. There shall he remain forever. Cover his face that he may not see the light. And in the great day of judgment, let him be cast into the fire. In the what day? In the great day of judgment. Mm. Restore the earth which the angels have corrupted and announce life to it, that it may revive it. Now, understand, remember, days of Noah. Go ahead. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain. Who did not do what? Keep their proper domain. Mm -hmm. But left their own abode. They left where? Their own abode. Mm. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. He reserved what? He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. And then 14. Y'all hear that? So we know where Jude got it from. Mm. He got it from the book of Canaan, his forefather. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, mm -hmm. prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints mm. to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So when he comes back with the ten thousands of saints, he says he's going to fight all. So in our minds, we're thinking, you know, going to be doing something to them Russians and them old Chinese. But apparently, 
when it was the days of Noah, there was all kind of stuff going on. You had giants roaming around. You had freakazoids running around. And you had unrighteous people running around. So apparently when Yahshua come back, there's going to be, according to John Tucker and them, UFOs and stuff flying in the sky. And psychic powers and nations and, you know, Some people don't know this, but one of the things about Germany, which was a threat, they were a threat because the Germans found something that other countries had. They had, they had acquired a, a hidden knowledge. I understand? There's a word called a occult, and occult just means that you have that you that you know something. I know some you don't know, and that's one reason why. If, if you just take if you take the time to look at it it that once the Germans were defeated they weren't executing people mm. they were taking the Germans and they were hiding them and placing them in high ranking uh, uh, positions in America mm. facts there was a story during, uh, I think I saw this couple, some years ago in Black History Month where a black soldier was uh, guarding a German dude and he said, man, I don't even know what you're doing. He said, look, by the time we get up out of here, I'm going to be your boss. Mm -hmm. There's a racial indication. But once again, the Germans stumbled on something, was making contact with something, mm -hmm. that they had the understanding, we're going to sink your ship from underwater. How did you get that understanding? U-boats. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. who, who gave them that? How did they get that? Brother, give me Enoch 10, 10 through 13. And then when you get done with that, brother, turn to Enoch, the 65th chapter, 1 through 11. Restore the earth which the angels have corrupted mm -hmm. and announce life to it that I may revive it. Mm -hmm. All the sons of man shall not perish in consequence of every secret. They shall not perish because of what? In consequence of every secret. Consequence of every secret. Every secret. Go ahead. By which the watchers have destroyed which they have taught their offspring. Mm, time out. Mm. Go back. What would you just read? By which the watchers have destroyed and which they have taught their offspring. So there are things that the celestial world shared with the terrestrial. We know who Apostle Shaul is, right? Don't we talk about the celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies? So there was something from up there that there was an understanding of, and they brought that down here. Mm -hmm. And you, you, I'm 80, baby. You used to have a phrase, man, you done got turned out. So the watchers or the uh, angels came down and turned out humans. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, read. All the earth has been corrupted by the effects of the teaching of Azazel. Uh, because the effects of the the teaching. The teaching. Mm -hmm. So in the end, so didn't he say that it would be like the days of Noah? So there was a certain teaching going around in the days of Noah. And you won't believe this, but he said, what's the signs of thy coming and the end of the world? It's going to be false teachings and false prophets. Oh, man. See, that's why I got to hide and mess up your book. Because if you trust the book and follow in the book, the book will lead you. That's why in Galatians that the law is a schoolmaster. It'll lead you where you need to go. Go ahead, brother. 
And that, and that, that might have been 13. I don't know. To him, therefore, ascribe the whole crime. You want me to read 13? Yeah. To Gabriel, also Yahuwah said, go to the bastards. To go the, to the who? The bastards. So, go to the, so, what, so you're not of me. You're not of me. Mm -hmm. I didn't create you. We got that? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. To the reprobates, the children of fornication, and destroy the children of fornication, the offspring of the watchers from among men, bring them forth and excite them one against another. Let them perish by mutual slaughter, mm. for length of days shall not be theirs. They shall all entreat you, but their fathers shall not obtain their wishes, respecting them. For they shall hope for eternal life, and they may that they may live, mm -hmm. each of them, five hundred years. Wait a minute, I'm reading too much. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's good, but no, that's fine. You supposed to stop thirteen, no, it's okay, good. Yeah, so so but so you go ahead and go and turn sixty five. I'm gonna read one through eleven. So we see that Yah had a judgment. He said you're gonna kill all the bastards. Because mm -hmm. they're not from me. Now this is why we get a reason why we get our flood was to destroy them. Now it took Noah some time to get this together. So people had time to get it together. But in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking. and So they were doing all kind of stuff. Can we see how the scene is being set? There's false teaching because these offspring had an understanding from their fathers. Right, the watchers, the angels, and they wanted to they wanted to be like God. They wanted to have their own progeny. They wanted to have uh, their own little thing. Go ahead. Uh, 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 go ahead. Yes, sir. In those days, Noah saw that the earth became inclined and that destruction approached. Then he lifted up his feet and went to the ends of the earth, to the dwelling of his great grandfather, Kamak. And Noah cried with a bitter voice, Hear me, hear me. Hear me three times. So he cried out, and he cried out because the world is so bad. Go ahead. And he said, tell me what is transacting upon the earth. Mm. For the earth labors and is violently shaken. Surely I shall perish with it. After this, there was a great perturbation on earth, and a voice was heard from heaven. I fell down on my face when my great-grandfather, Kanak, came and stood by me. Mm. He said to me, mm. why have you cried out to me with a bitter cry mm. and with lamination? A commandment has gone forth from Yahuwah against those who dwell on the earth, that they may be destroyed. For they know every secret of the angels. They know every what? Secret of the angels. Mm. And the angels, their habitation was where? What did Kelly read in Jude? That the angels left there? They left their abode and they were and they were not in their natural habitation, but they was here. So they were telling things. Go ahead. Every oppressive and secret power of the devils. Every oppressive and secret power of who? The devils. Mm. And every power of those who commit sorcery, as well as of those who make molten in the whole earth. Who make what now? Molten. Graven images, molten images. Correct. So now we understand the, 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 the cause or why people made idols. Go ahead. 
How is silver produced from the dust of the earth? And how on earth does the drop exist? For lead and for lead and tin are not produced from earth as the primary fountain of their uh, production. There is an angel standing upon it, mm. and that angel struggles to prevail. Afterwards, my great-grandfather Kanak sees me, and with his hand raising me up and saying to me, Go, for I have asked Yahuwah Sevoith respecting this perturbation of the earth, who replied, On account of their impiety, I have their innumerable judgments been cons consummated before me. Because of the sorceries, sorceries which they have searched out and learned. Because of the what? The sorceries which they have searched out and learned. Mm. The earth and those who dwell upon it will be destroyed. Mm. And that to these there will be no refuge forever. They have discovered secrets. They've discovered what? Secrets. Mm. Those who have been judged. But not you, my son. Yahuwah Savoy knows that you are pure and good from the reproach of secrets. From the reproach of? Secrets. Mm. He, the Holy One, will establish your name in the midst of the Quadishium uh, and will guard you from those who dwell upon the earth. Mm. He will establish your seed in righteousness for kings and for great glory. And from your seed shall spring forth righteousness and holy men without number forever. So this is probably before Noah gets his understanding of what he's supposed to do. So the theme of why I wanted to go through those verses is that they kept talking about the secrets. No, that's, that's good. The, the secrets from up there down here and how they take the secrets down here and run amok. I wonder if those secrets are still floating around. I wonder if people are still chasing after the hidden things. Watch the Super Bowl. Can y'all watch Super Bowl? issue with Yah was that the people pursued the secret things mm -hmm. to, be, to be wicked. I wonder if our kings and leaders and people in high positions still pursue secret things. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if they know things they don't want to tell you. But I'll kind of get I'll spoon feed you. Mm -hmm. And while you're running outside or while you're at the gym on the punching bag, there might be a thing in there with you doing what you're doing. Remember a couple of years ago, we talked about Sophia was the first uh, artificial intelligence to get citizenship in Saudi Arabia. That's kind of old news now. 
I wonder if this is a part of the secret things, so of trying to create things, make things. And is it possible that in our day, they've taken it farther or have replicated what was going on in Noah's day? Because they're just eating and drinking. Marrying, getting married. Saw the android look like, man, I want something to drink too. Second Timothy. Four and one. I charge thee before, therefore, before God and our Lord Yahshua Hamashiach, which will judge the quick and the dead at the appearing of His kingdom. That's why when He comes, it's gonna be so he's gonna it's gonna be so violent when He comes, because the world gonna be like it was in Noah's time. Mm-hmm. Noah trying to go and go to the place where his, where his great granddad was taken up. Like I need I need help. What's going on? Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heed to themselves teachers having itching ears. Yahshua said, At the end of the world, the sign of his coming, this will be at an all time high. And they shall turn away to their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch down the things endure affliction through the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I'm not ready to be offered at the time of my departure as at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. We're in the same position they are. At a different time. At a more unique time. Deep in the fourth quarter. Deep in the fourth quarter. Is where like I only got one time out. Only got one time out left. Three minutes. Some some of my so-called best players, they in foul trouble. Some of us in foul trouble. Because we still battling ourselves. We still got issues and things holding us back. And it's hard for coach to put you in the game. Because you might go in there and fumble something up. Your mind is not right. I only got one time out. It's almost the end of the game. And I need you. You're a good player now. I need you. Remember, it was said very, very early in the book that you had been chosen, sanctification of the truth through the word. But sometimes, Jeremy, you you turn the ball over, bro. Sometimes, Jeremy, on defense, you don't get you don't get over the screen. Sometimes you don't talk to your teammate and say, switch! I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only but to all of them that also love is appearing. Because people are going to be so enamored. With the revelation of uh, John Tucker's interview. If you don't think that they already got a plan to unveil to you the UFOs and who they are and where they come from they're superior to you and how you should accept them and accept the robots that want to play golf and accept Rosie and them and R2B2 there's other life out there you don't think they're ready for that there's going to be a lot of people do thy diligence to come shortly unto me for Damas has taken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Damatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable for me in the ministry. 
the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus. When thou comest, bring with thee in the books. But especially, the, I wonder what books he wants you to bring. <laughs> bring them scriptures. <laughs> bring them scriptures. Alexander the coppersmith didn't mean much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou where also, for he hath greatly misstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that he that it may not be laid to their charge. Not withholding the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that be my the, the preaching might be fully known, that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of a lion. Mark 4. We're just going to get to the crux of it. But when you put in your notes, Mark 4, I want you to read all the chapter. But when we look at this stuff, and huge bodies being found, thousands and thousands of bodies over like years, former U.S. presidents talking about the, <laughs> talking about this, like it ain't no, ain't no thing but chicken wing. And you know what Yahshua said? We're going to look at Mark 4. 22, he said, For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Mm. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it shall come abroad. Mm. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Ain't nothing going to be kept here. They ain't going to be able to keep nothing hid. So if you think the 400 year with the seed of Abraham and the judgment to come and then the, you know, UFOs and yeah we know and yeah you know we're going to tell y'all uh, at some point you know and all these different things are just happening at the same time for no reason are you conscious collision course baby patience mercy and love of Yah I'll look at some in 1st Peter quickly 1st Peter 3 and 20 some told me to go ahead and have this pasted up here. I should have. First mm -hmm. Peter three and twenty, which sometime, sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Mm. Mm. So Yah was still merciful in the days of Noah. He was waiting for people to get themselves together. While the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Mm. You know, Abraham asked him a question. He said, If you're going to destroy a city, if there's a hundred people in there, will you destroy it? He said, no. Nah. What about 75? No. Nah. What about 50? Mm-mm. 25? Mm-mm. 10? Mm-mm. 8? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. I will save them. I will not destroy it. So there was eight in the whole world. Eight in the whole world. So that was the influence that was going on in the days of Noah. That means it's going to be the same influence going on, the exact same thing. The word of the days, what he said, if days were not shortened, even the elect mm. would not make it. Yes, sir. That means we'd all fall prey. Mm. We still might fall prey. We're going to keep ourselves together. <laughs> it ain't over. It's all your homework. Wait, there's more. The city of Damascus and Syria. We'll, we'll just we'll look at some of it. We're gonna read all of it. But you put in your notes Isaiah 17. You want to go there? You want to go take it? Y'all gonna take a trip to Damascus? We're gonna do some sightseeing. If you like rubble, 
like saying bodies in pieces. and 1. The burden of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city. It should be a ruinous heap. There's, there's been a war for about six, seven years, maybe going on eight years now, somewhere in there. Rubble, destruction everywhere. So Isaiah 17 has come to life right in front of your face. That's why it's called collision course. That, that's on the clock too. The cities of oil are, are forsaken. They should be for flocks which shall lie down. None shall make them afraid. The fortress also shall cease from Ephraim and the kingdom from Damascus and the remnant of Syria. They should be the glories of the children of Israel, said the Lord of hosts. What was the two rivers that was prophesied that he told Abraham their boundaries would be? To the river of Euphrates. So I wonder if Damascus is before you get to the Euphrates. Well, yes, it is. So you have a city or a territory of Israel, northern kingdom Ephraim, destroyed. And in that day it shall come to pass, the glory of Jacob shall be made thin, and the fatness of his flesh shall wax lean. Did you know that there were a lot of Christians? I mean, we say just, just a lot of Christians that believed in Mashiach, that are getting slaughtered and killed. Wonder how many of them people had Israelite blood in them. Mm -hmm. I want you to read this chapter. But look at verse 10 where it gets very interesting. In that day, in verse 9, but in that day the strong cities be as a forsaken bow and an uppermost branch which they left because of the children of Israel and there shall be desolation because thou hast forgotten the God of thy salvation and hast been mindful of the rock of thy strength therefore thou shalt plant pleasant plants and shall sit up with strange slips in that day thou will make thy plant to grow in the morning shalt thou make thy seed to flourish but the harvest shall be a heap in the day of grief and desperate sorrow Woe to the multitude of many people which make a noise like the noise of the sea and the rushing of nations that make a rushing like a water of mighty waters. The nations shall rush like the rushing of many waters, but God shall rebuke them. How many nations are involved over there in Syria? Is it just one or is it a bunch of them? So, once, so look, I told you now, Isaiah 17 is coming live in your face. Did he say woe unto the nations? The many of people in 12, he said woe to them, right? I wonder if America is one of them nations. You see that? So that means there's, there, there's something coming because of that. But no, I, you know, I, I was trying to help. I was trying to help. Look, y'all know everything. If you funneling money and guns, whatever you're doing, y'all know. Whatever you're doing. So we have the 400 year clock. We have Isaiah 17. Remember after the 400 year clock. He's going to start judging. In Isaiah 17. Woe to the many nations. What, what are we talking about? We're talking about Damascus. In Syria. Oh there's like a not a vacation site no more. They're still. They're still it's, I mean it's still going on now. What you thought it was over? The last, this is an article I found. The last days of the caliphate loom as ISIS nears defeating Syria. When well, you thought it was over, it's still going on right now. 
Verse 13, the nations shall rush like the rushing of many waters, but God shall rebuke them. They shall flee far off and shall be chased as chaff to the mountains before the wind, like a rolling thing before the whirlwind. And behold, at even time, trouble, and before the morning, he is not. This is the portion of them that spoil us, and a lot of them that rob us. One more, Isaiah 51. Put that in your chat, and y'all go back and read that, please. We won't, I know I went over today. We talked about this before. I want to reemphasize Isaiah 51 and 1. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. Right? We have to follow, have to continue on this chase. That ye seek the Lord, look unto the rock whence ye were hewn. So earlier in Isaiah, he said, hey, you forgot the rock. So apparently do not forget the rock. Okay, it was in Isaiah 17. He said, y'all forgot the rock. That ye seek the Lord, look unto the rock whence ye were hewn, to the hole of the pit where you are digged. Look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bear you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Okay, so... If you fit that description, you got to even have to listen to him. Let's scroll over to verse 7. He said, Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my Torah. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be afraid of their revilings. Okay? So we have to keep the law on our heart. All right. Um, verse 13. Well, 12. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou? That thou shouldst be afraid of man that shall die in the son of man which shall be made as grass. And forgettest the Lord thy maker that has stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundation of the earth. And has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor. As if he were ready to destroy where is the fury of the oppressor. The captive exile hasten that he may be loose and that he should not die in the pit nor that his bread should fail. But I am the Lord thy God that divided the sea whose waves roar the Lord of hosts is his name. I have put my words in thy mouth and have covered thee in the shadow of mine hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundation of the earth and say to Zion, thou art my people. It's getting very physical. Now it says, awake, awake, stand up Jerusalem, which has drunk at the hand of the Lord, the cup of his fury. Okay. Thou hast drunk in the dregs of the cup of trembling and wrung them out. There is none to guide her among all the sons whom she hath brought forth. Neither is there any that have taken her by the hand of all the sons that have brought her up. Okay, so Yah said the people of Jerusalem, you've drunk this cup. I've made you drunk. I've chased you. I've pursued you. I've done this to you. Verse 20, thy sons have fainted. They lie at the head of the streets in a wild bull in a net. They are full of fear of the Lord, the rebuke of thy God. Okay. Verse 22, thus said the Lord... The Lord, the God, God, that pleadeth this, the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thy hand the cup of trembling, even the dregs of the cup of my fury. Thou shalt drink it no more again. I wonder if that goes along with the 400-year scenario that he told Abraham about his seed. And he will not break any promise or lie. Verse 23. But I will put it into the hand of them that afflict thee, which have said to thy soul, bow down that we may go over that thou hast laid thy body as the ground and as the street to them that went over. So there are going to be all kind of like different clocks, different things going on. And judgment is going to begin. But the people of Yah, you can't be found being wicked. Mm -hmm. That's what all boiled down to. Like He's going to do what he got to do. 
He's going to shake the heaven and the earth. He said, I'm going to take the cup out of your hand and put it in somebody else's hand. He told Abraham, after 400 years is up, I'm going to start judging. So all of these different scenarios, whether we talk about the, the revelation or the, under, or the manifestation of this iniquitous evil, and they say, hey, yes, UFOs, yeah, we've been knowing about that. Or all these huge people with rows of teeth and you know, six fingers and six toes like Goliath in the Bible, but you know, shh, don't tell nobody. There are no giants. The angels, they didn't, they, they didn't, they, none of that stuff happened. Don't believe that. Don't believe that. The 400 years and the judgment and then Isaiah, I'm going to take this cup out the hand and then those that have that have ran over to Syria and, and, and aided in the destruction of Damascus, I'm going to get you. And all these points just come into one and he's like, man, who's going to be saved? And the righteous. Those that got his law written on their heart. Those that's going to go through the hard times and, and not falter but hang in there. What did he say? I fought a good fight. Amen. I ran my course. Yes. The big picture. So ain't going to know anybody know Israel, but I know, know all the black Israelites. They, you don't see that in there, do you? The big picture, the fall of man mm -hmm. in the garden. That's why he had to have certain sections in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians about Yahshua uh, being the, 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 the son of man that is spiritual or heavenly. And the other man, Adam, being earthly. So that's got to be addressed. The fall of man. The great sin of the angels and watchers. That has to be addressed. Well, I thought it was addressed. Well, apparently not. Because at the sign of his coming and the end of the world, it's going to be like the days of Noah. So whatever was going on then is going to be going on now. And then we have the Tower of Babel, part two. I didn't get any pictures of it. But remember we talked about the European Union? Kind of built and trying to mimic the Tower of Babel and out in the front of the European Union is a, woman, is a statue of a woman riding a wild beast. And in Revelation we have a description of a, of a whore, the woman riding a wild beast. Um, in the Tower in the European Union you have all these different national flags represented. So there is a bi there's big, big fish to fry. So when we think about our little hiccups and little bitty weights of sin and things that hold us back in our backpack is really nothing compared to this big stuff. Because that's the big stuff. Because remember, we read in the New Testament, he coming with a kingdom. Enoch said he coming with 10,000 fiery saints. They ain't coming to shake your hand. So let me show you how to make them bean pies, brother. They ain't coming, they ain't coming to do that. But not, that, that's, that, that's, not, that's not the agenda. The agenda is to come back and fight. Well, fight who? Fight what? Finish what? Judge who? Why are you supposed to judge angels? What angels? Apparently some of them are still incarcerated. Collision course. There was an early rain. Salvation or Joshua slash Yehoshua led the people into the promised land. There's going to be a latter rain. You won't believe this. Salvation. Jesus or Yahshua will lead the people into the promises of Yah tomorrow. When is tomorrow? He told you in the book, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow worry about itself. You focus on today. You focus on this one day. Do the best you can for this one day. Tomorrow take care of itself. Because no man know. No angels know. 
Yahshua said, I don't even know. But only my father and the Shemaim. He's the only one in heaven. He's the only one to know. So that being said, Todai Yah, Bashem Yahshua, uh, we give thanks to Yah. Uh, and, and in the name of Yahshua, we give all praise and glory. We thank him for direction of the word and of these messages and of the Torah classes and Bible studies. And just when we just, just be talking, just not even this, just talking just in general, just fellowship. And just we, we give all praise to Yah for how he leads those conversations um, and being, being one with the spirit. And not just this group, but other different groups and ministries and assemblies. You know, all praise to Yah for them, because we are not the only ones. And um, um, and we just, you know, as I was I was sharing with somebody, it's gonna come a time now when this stuff really, really amp up that you're gonna find out who really love Yah. Because we're gonna have to band together now. All these different assemblies and associations that say what they say, we're gonna have to band up because we're gonna be way outnumbered now. We're gonna be way outnumbered. Um, so with that being said, all of our stuff's up here, website and email, reach out, contact, um, uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, YouTube. Remember prayer Monday through Friday, 5.30 a.m., 12 p.m. on the call line. Uh, Wednesday night, Bible study at 8.30 on YouTube live. Um, if you have not subscribed to Restoring the Branches, please subscribe. I, I realize that I'm supposed to be saying that. I keep forgetting, but I guess subscribe to the channel. Um, and uh, we just we just thankful we just give our praise to Yah, and um, shalom shalom shabbat shalom.